What's going on, everybody? It's the Sports Key one more time. CG back with Texas Mike. We've had a round of the playoffs in the NFL take place while we were away from you guys. But again, life is moving fast. Lots of movement, lots of moving around. But uh, always great to be with you before you play. Uh, what is it called? Old, old man, old man soccer. Oh, man, I'm going to play some over 30 soccer later tonight, about 920. Uh, don't get out there that often. But do from time to time, and I'm a little overdue. I've played once in this calendar year, so knock on wood, I'll stay healthy. What do you think is the biggest difference? Is it the lack of oranges after the game? Is it the uh, the the moments of hydration that you need? The the joint timeouts, or, or the way that you feel the next day with old guy soccer? Oh, unquestionably, it's how you feel the next day. I will hardly be able to get out of bed if I run enough, which hopefully I'll be able to. I've been running. But this is a completely different game when you're sprinting. You know, thinking about that, like for the normal person, if you wanted to get out there and feel like what it is to exactly play, uh, you know, top class, world class. And we talked about the World Cup on this show, obviously, the sports cube. Make sure you guys hit that uh, subscribe, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. What would the comparison be for the normal person that's sitting on the couch to jump into a World Cup 90-minute game? What kind of physical exertion are they going to have to do in order to match that? I mean, I don't know. Do the Murph workouts that CrossFit is legendary for? I mean, that's how I would feel if I hadn't played or done any type of exercise in a long time. I mean, your muscles feel like they're tearing off the bone. Man, sounds intense. Can't wait for me to get down there and uh, play some old guys. I, I don't think I'd play. I, I would. I think I could do like a half. I think I'd be good for a half, and then I'd be done. I'd be like, "Is it my turn to play goalie yet?" Yeah, you'd probably be stuck in the goal, Chris. <laughs> Make sure you guys hit that subscribe. Check us out. Super Bowl. Here we are one more time. It's going to be oh, not the Houston Texans. That's close. The, the Texans have been as close. The only, the only time they've been close to a Super Bowl is when they were hosting it, right? I mean, pretty much. It, it, that that kind of says it all. Yes, never pass a divisional round, and to go through nostalgia, the best team that they had, twenty twelve season. Like I like the hire. I like the hire. I, I think it's 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 the right direction. You get away from the older guys. You go with a young uh, upstart coach that that returns home. It's 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 a good hire. The one that one that you called and you pointed out on the show. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. It's all about what kind of staff he's going to assemble on the offensive side. And also another element I would like to see that he will maybe be more involved than a typical coach is in some of the draft strategy and some of the implementation, because I'm not totally sold on Casario or any of the New England model running that type of draft. So, you know, hey, he's done really well. There's been situations where that typical defensive coach like Mike Singletary maybe had some success early on and then quickly falter but i'm hoping at the end of the day that this is going to be a successful run that they finally got it right and maybe like we said in three to five years the texans are relevant unfortunately they're a long way away but they have the draft capital to quickly change things if they're successful and hit on those high draft picks because our last show was during the afc and nfc championship uh, we had that extra week so we had a little bit of time because we get back here on the show uh, and we talk about those performances and the scores and uh, looky, looky, a, a new a new person atop the podium, uh, you know, one out of uh, the entire year is not not a bad thing. But look who called it, my friend. And maybe not in the fashion that I saw. <laughs> I mean, Brock Purdy with no armor, Josh Johnson wasn't exactly the ideal scenario for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Well, even a broken clock is right twice a day, Chris. Uh, 
<laughs> well, we'll chalk it up to that. Yeah, that's scenario, but I, I will give you this. The Eagles, they got some big hits on him, and that was legitimate injury. That wasn't fluky. I mean, their pass rush was getting after it, and they deserved everything that they got. Did we did we ever get an answer on the question, how come the 49ers didn't have a third quarterback available in that game? Is there nothing that they could have done there? What, it, when, when it's Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson, I got to go back and look. Is it is it depending on how many quarterbacks you keep on the roster or something like that? Because that was the one thing that I kept taking a look at. I said, man, you know, with all the guys that they have on their team and you bring up practice squad guys, but, you know, when you talk about Garoppolo, then you talk about Trey Lance. I mean, you're carrying four. There's probably another one somewhere, maybe a practice squad guy. No, because even if it was a practice squad guy, they would have brought him up. He would have had to been elevated, and they probably just said, you know what, at this point, he's not going to be able to digest enough of our system. The reason he saw Josh Johnson out there is because he's played for, like, every team in the league. He's been around forever. I mean, I think he's, what, he played in the XFL. I, he, he's just an experienced guy. He can give you, a, you know, a, a, a modicum of competency and short bursts, and, you know, I, I clearly was not good enough on that day. Yeah, and the NFC Championship became – hate to say it but a bit boring at that point you know when you don't when you have a team that you completely take away one facet of the offense it's a hard watch uh philadelphia was still celebrating and saying oh you know you hear the philly fans uh continue to say oh well we earned it this that and the other uh, look they look like a supremely talented team they are the favorite going into the super bowl before we jump into the super bowl and my points as far as what i think is you know because you know I'm going to pick the Chiefs, but I, I have to get there, right? I have to give you the road to get there, not just be a Chiefs fan, although that should be enough. But then take it over to the Cincinnati and Kansas City game. Uh, we did see an AFC championship, which was a slugfest back and forth, a game that you wanted to see. Did the refs get involved a bit too much in the game? That's quite possible. I think that that's a fair argument for some people to make, especially if you're Cincinnati fans coming off of when you feel like you got jobbed earlier in the season. Uh, now you feel like the rest were against you again, but there was no doubt about that last play. That was a, a 15 yarder. You know, that was pretty cut and dry. If you want to talk about some of the other calls in the game, I'm okay with that, but not that call. It was a completely boneheaded penalty. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's on the likes of, except not at the high stakes, but just remember back in the day when Leon Lett was running around with the ball in the Super Bowl and got it slapped out from behind. That's how embarrassing it was. I mean, Mahomes is sitting there on bad wheels. He can't really run that fast. He's not going to burst down the sideline. You don't even have to go there. He is going out. They're playing for the next play, trying to run it out and get themselves in field goal position. He is not going to take off down the sideline like Jalen Hurts would. And to me, I just feel bad for him. I mean, it was such a – he's going to forever be remembered for that. Yeah, he will be. I, I i don't know about name recognition, and he's always going to be that, like, what was that player's name? What was that player's name when you start to think about it? Um, Patrick Mahomes, what can you say about the guy? I, I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. And I'm a Chiefs fan, and I, I still continue to watch him in awe because – Pretty much his entire receiving core was gone. I mean, we, we're talking about way down the line. We talked about no third quarterback uh, for the 49ers, but the Chiefs were way down the line as far as who they were plugging in there. Uh, I mean, when when Sky Moore is getting in there and getting reps and also getting like first looks from your quarterback, I mean, we're, we're getting down the list as far as guys that are available. Hopefully the two weeks has helped the Chiefs kind of recover, but they're dealing with some injuries, especially to their receivers. But this dude, 15, man, Patrick Mahomes is just, he's unbelievable. And he's hes taking himself into whatever that next level is. He's there, in my opinion. 
I mean, I can't disagree with any of that. I mean, right now he's the vote for MVP, regardless of what happens here in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's been phenomenal. He has the highest touchdown percentage of any quarterback since 1970. I mean, any bet that involves over him touchdown passes, you could probably take that unconsciously. And he wins games. I mean, he he goes into these games and he wins the game and he's winning these games for the Chiefs. It's not like he's managing the game and he's doing this and that. You know, yes, he's got Kelsey who's going to go down as probably a top three tight end, if not, you know, top tight end of all time. I think we talked about on this show. It's it's it, it, just watching him and watching him play football. It's a joy because, again, as a Chiefs fan that um, has watched a lot of quarterbacks go through this this team. Uh, he's just become that draft pick that he's going to be here forever. I hope he's here forever. I hope he doesn't go the route where he's going to end up playing with another squad towards the end of his career, but that usually does happen. So uh, we'll see when that happens. Hopefully not anytime soon as a young guy himself and uh, looking forward to it. But now we do get the matchup. I, I mean, give Joe Burrow and the Bengals a little bit of a shout. What did you think about their performance overall? Are they going to continue to stay at this high level? Because now we're starting to get into this point where guys are going to need to start getting paid. I mean, he's got that arsenal, um, that core group of receivers, but you're going to start, the Bengals are not going to be able to pay everybody. Uh, and, and you've seen the chiefs now pay their quarterback well over $500 million. Josh Allen has gotten that kind of money. The chiefs are getting to another super bowl. So Josh Allen at this point is, underperforming i guess based on that contract and expectations uh where's joe burrow sitting in this whole scenario oh i i think you're looking at quite possibly the habitual afc championship for at least two years okay the chiefs of the bengals i don't see joe burrow and cast going anywhere you're right it's going to be another year that you got the receiver core like this and then people will start getting paid their offensive line was not very good he was still able to get it done they do have sufficient weaknesses. You know, the Brown family in the past has made questionable decisions on personnel front. The Bengals have been littered in the past by some mismanagement. That just, that seems to be distant now. So, you know, Taylor and company, I, I think they're going to be fine. It's going to be, if they can keep a defense and keep Joe Burrow with that type of receiver core, they should be fine. San Francisco is going to be another team that sneakily has those same types of uh, money problems as far as trying to keep everybody because guys are going to start moving around. That's the name of the game. That's the NFL. But again, going back to my point, I just think if you have the quarterback, you can figure the rest out. I've always said that. I think if you could find that guy and Cincinnati seemingly has found that guy, you can figure the rest out. San Francisco, we'll see if they're going to rely on Brock Purdy going into next season and, and Trey Lance coming back healthy and saying, OK, you guys are going to you know, compete for the job. We'll see if that works out. I'm not sure it will. Uh, the Eagles, they're fully loaded. They've got a rookie quarterback. They've got a rookie quarterback that's not making a ton of money. So <clears throat> they were able to put themselves in this position to where they can get a lot of talent. They can accumulate a lot of players, uh, and they've done the job. They've taken a significant amount of the action in this game, in this Super Bowl that's coming up here on Sunday. How do you feel about the game early on? What do we take from that betting action, though, that you do see the Chiefs were favored initially? That, to me, says that some of the bookmakers are saying we really want to entice people to say, wow, the Eagles and I'm going to be getting points. I'm hammering it. And you saw that. And now the Eagles are favored. Yeah, I think it's up to a point and a half now, depending on where you look. I think the reason that you've seen the line move so aggressively in the early betting is pretty simple. The offensive line for the Eagles is awesome. And so is the defensive line. It's a maxim that I've held in football for a long time. 
If you can simplify the game, as in both your lines are really good, it goes back to the Vince Lombardi days, that your your odds are pretty solid. They have so the best line. So why would the Chiefs have been favored then initially? Because they just came off this dramatic performance. They've been there, done that recently. Jalen Hurts, I mean, his shoulder's still a little iffy. We don't really know if he can throw. We know he can run. We know the Eagles can run. But are you going to bet against Mahomes? This is this is a fun one to me as far as from a wagering perspective, for sure. Yeah, they're good match teams. Would I like to see some more you know, receivers and, and weapons for Mahomes on that side? Absolutely. As a Chiefs fan, again, I'm going to take the Chiefs no matter what. I'm going to be rooting for them. Uh, when you talk about spreads and you talk about the betting and, and where the wagering can go, it's an interesting topic when you take a look at it because I, I, I do think that I, – I, I feel like the bookmakers were wanting to entice that Eagles money and they got it. Um, so now with that line moving, you're going to start seeing some of that bigger money possibly land on the chiefs. Maybe that was their plan overall. Maybe it's that, you know, now you get some of those bigger players to say, wow, you know, now I can go back in on the chiefs uh, and that kind of brings it back the other direction. So we'll see how that does work out. The chiefs have experience. Uh, the Eagles have some players that were in a super bowl. Does Andy Reid having coached the Eagles and knowing some of these players come into play at all? Outside, I mean, is he is he is he far enough removed um, that that doesn't come into play? Oh, I think so. Except he's not far enough removed from the Philly fan vitriol toward him as for his whole escapade with the NFC Championships and Donovan McNabb back in the day. Um, no, I, I think he's been away from them long enough that organizational familiarity might be a little bit overrated. The cast is completely different. Cast is different. Nick Sirianni, when he first got here, I thought it was a, a, you know, he was an odd guy. I mean, he just, he had weird press conferences when he first started. Uh, you really weren't sure what you were going to get. And, you know, obviously living in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area, I saw him on the screen a lot. Um, the guy's got the job done. It seems like he's got the chemistry. He's got the right um, team that really fits what he's trying to do. And he's done the job and his coaching staff has done the job. And I think you've seen that. Um, to where his coordinators are going to be highly sought after, if not this season, then clearly in the next. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, one weakness that I see with the Eagles and this whole thing, and it's been a little bit mitigated because of the, the injuries to the wide receiver core of the chiefs. You still got three rookies back there for the Eagles and Mahomes can take advantage of that. I mean, like you mentioned earlier, you got Travis Kelsey, probably the number two tight end of all time behind Gronk, which he could potentially pass him if his career arc continues on the way that it is. That, that That's a place that can be exploited and vice versa. But we don't know if Jalen Hurts can throw. And that, that's what makes this whole thing so interesting. I, I, I think there, there's going to be a difficult time with how the Chiefs defense has played and how they get off to the ball for him to be able to run all over the place. And though the, the depth and the strength of that Eagles line – Miles Sanders, they're not going to be able to pound it. You know, it's one of those where you feel like it could be a real close high-scoring game or it could be kind of one of those close low-scoring games. This this one is very interesting. Yeah, I think everybody wants to see a track meet. It's the Super Bowl. I think you want to see offenses kind of firing on cylinders and and going back and forth. Uh, the Chiefs O-line is much better than we saw, you know, face Tom Brady a couple of years ago. Um, I, I think – Depending on how his ankle holds up, he's had a couple weeks to now recover from it. Patrick Mahomes, um, with the right game plan, you're not going to get the touch of elements that we've seen because you're going to be in a dome. Uh, I think it's a comfortable setting. 
I like the Chiefs in this game. Uh, what do you think is going to end up being kind of the deciding factor? Is there a deciding factor to you? Is there somebody that jumps off the page that you think it's it, it's really going to come down to if this person can execute or doesn't execute? That's really what's going to win this Super Bowl. You know who I like is a prop that I haven't looked at the odds, but Kadarius Tony was picked up from the Giants by the Chiefs at the trade deadline for this game. He has an extremely high usage when he's on the field. He's very much like a, a extremely poor man's Tyreek Hill or like a Percy Harvin back in the day, you know, with the Florida comparison, University of Florida Gators over there. So I, I think maybe if he's healthy, he's the type of guy to get him in some scripted kind of goofball, you know, Andy Reid style plays that you can get Mahomes and he could be an X factor and potentially score a couple touchdowns. So that would be something interesting as far as a long shot prop or long shot MVP. And then as far as the game goes, I mean, how do you see the game playing out? Uh, what do you like? Do you like the Eagles at this point, giving that point and a half feel like, you know, I've gotten messages from some people that say they think the Eagles are going to crush the chiefs in this game. Uh, I don't know about that. I think that that's a, a, a little strong, but uh, it's, it's a team that's been there has been to super bowls. They figured out how to get there playing a team that has not um, that everybody is, is fawning over and saying that they're going to win this and win this easily. Uh, what say you in this super bowl? Oh, this, that, this is the worst part about this whole thing. I've been waffling back and forth. I might have talked myself out of the Eagles at this point, but how about this? We will say that the Eagles win by one point, 28-27. Wow, that's a very good game. If we're watching 28-27, that's a back and forth game. Uh, and that means that either the Chiefs had to settle for a field goal somewhere or Harrison Butker uh, put one... <laughs> put one wide right on one of those extra points, which he has been known to do a little bit this season. I just want to see a good game. Uh, I'm going to be rushing home. Actually, I got to work on Sunday. So I'll be figuring out how to make all that time work. Should be fine. And uh, watch the game and enjoy it. Uh, anything what, Anything special Super Bowl that you like to do? Traditions or anything like that? Or not really? Just sit back, hang you know, out. With some I, mean, I like to cook my own wings. Uh, get them in the air fryer various sauces that's always fun to do um been doing that for a while i'd probably say that's my biggest tradition you know get the squares out depending on how big the party is i think my party would be a little more subdued this year than in the past but you know we'll make it work and we'll, we'll have an adult beverage or two and make it a good time very good it's going to be the super bowl mike texas mike sees it as 28 27 i'm gonna say chiefs win i'm gonna go 33 26 let's go 33 26 kind of a weird oddball score lots of weird stuff happens in the game a back and forth game somehow it ends up 33 26 big points are going to be scored in the super bowl yeah i agree that's what we want to see i i, I would love to see a track meet like you alluded to something both teams in the 30s or maybe touching 40 but i don't know i don't think it'll quite get that high Man, it just happened. But what was that game? What the Rams and and who Patriots? When it was just uh, it, awful. I, what did it end up? Thirteen to something. It, it was it was just terrible. Which, which recent Super Bowl? Yeah, was that thirteen to nine or ten? <laughs> it's just a brutal watch. A brutal watch all around. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back and we're gonna talk about the NBA. The NBA is trying to make some noise right back here on the Sports Keep. And we're back here on the Sports Queue. Don't forget to hit that subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Talking about that Spotify, that Apple Podcast, wherever you can find us. Texas Mike and CG. We talked about the Super Bowl. Not to be outdone, 
of course, the uh, menacing presence of the trade deadline in the NBA. And uh, was the NBA bored? I mean, were, were they just kind of bored of these teams and, and not getting the notoriety and said, we need to be back in the headlines because uh, they have been moving players left and right. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah, this has been the most exciting trade deadline that I can remember, CG. I mean, this is big names going back and forth and then just some problem children getting dumped was also, I think, a theme underlying here. Yeah, players that just didn't want to be there. It's almost like these these teams were just like, look, if you don't want to be here, we're going to just ship you out and we're going to get you for, or we're going to get as much talent as we can acquire. We're going to put these teams together how we want to put them together. Uh, Danny Ainge has been a clear example of that. He just got, he, he just went and did it you know, at the beginning of the season, because he was the first GM to really clean house, uh, you know, in Utah and trading players that you may have been surprised to see him trade because uh, he wants to do it his way. He wants to get those draft picks and he's done just that. Uh, Utah can really make some noise here with where they want to go, uh, but it's still the Utah Jazz. So they got to show it to us in playoffs. And when we get towards the, the real, uh, you know, buckle down time in the playoffs, Lakers are making movement, uh, but the Suns, uh, you know, all the attention on Arizona. Again, the Phoenix Suns wanted to say, hello, we're here. They go and get Kevin Durant. Uh, is this going to be what puts them over the top in the West? Uh, and this is the biggest trade that we saw out of all the big trades. But uh, talk about Durant first and maybe one of the trades that, that surprised you or, or something that, that you feel like is really going to put that team over the top that you see. I mean, if the Suns do not win a title with Durant, Booker, CP3, I mean, you're talking about Aiton. I mean, that's a pretty poor four right there. I mean, I don't know what to say. You gave up four first-round picks. You didn't give up very much besides that. I mean, Bridges is a solid player, Jay Crowder, Cameron Johnson, a 2028 pick swap. Okay, that's you're getting Kevin Durant, a known finisher, the Slim Reaper, you know, one of the best players of the modern era. I you have to win a title if you're gonna if you're gonna make this move. I, I I don't see. I'm not declaring them the favorite yet because we'll see how it meshes. But if you don't win a title and you give all that up, what did you do? Yeah, it's it's all in at this point. I mean, you've let you've pretty much said you know we're not thinking about the future. This is the way that we're gonna do uh, what we do, and this is how we're gonna play basketball. Well, CG, what <laughs> what were the Mavericks thinking when they took our, our our favorite flatter earther from the show, got him out of Brooklyn, where he basically made a million dollars a game. He played so little, and Markeith Morris for Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, how are they thinking this is going to mesh with with Luka Doncic? I mean, two dominant ball handling players, and 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 one that's a little bit crazy for lack of a better word. Well, I guess, do you kind of wonder if he's a little concerned that is Luca going to stay? You know, is there going to be an appeal that maybe Luca wants to to leave and maybe you have to, you know, get another star player in there? Maybe Luca's saying you got to surround me with a bit more talent uh, and you got to put more players on this squad in order for me to want to stay. Um, how many buyers were in on Kyrie? I, I, I mean, I don't, I did, I just, it, it, it's one of those things, especially on these teams that are trying to figure out how to get, you know, just the, the drama that's involved with everything off the court out of the way, uh, Brooklyn, I mean, Brooklyn seemed like they were going to take anything. I mean, I mean, any, any kind of return they could get, they were going to take, uh, and they do that, uh, to Kyrie Irving that 
look when he when he's on and he, he and he was doing that you know he was kind of being quiet and he was just playing and, and doing his thing and and now he you know and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he's just like i want to be traded i don't want to be here and it's like okay <laughs> just like enough man see ya like we're, we're gonna we're gonna move on uh yeah it was a weird destination to go to the mavericks but where is that going to put them against the Suns? I don't think that that's going to put them any closer to defeating them. Um, and and Brooklyn is just going to it's going to be a complete overhaul now. You know, it didn't work out. Everything they tried didn't work, and and now it's you got to gut it and you got to start all over. Yeah, they're taking the house down to studs. There, I mean, the Jazz have had a great. They are still the Jazz. You alluded to earlier in the show, but when you're picking up Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it can be a little bit of a ball hog, but come playoff time, he's somebody that can get it done. And then, you know, Lori Markinen over there for Donovan Mitchell, that's a little sneaky move, prying him over from Cleveland. He's a guy that can match up well, help you space the floor with Russell Westbrook and the rest of the cast there. So I, I like that. I like that get. Yeah, Westbrook's going to be able to make some plays and kind of be him a bit more. He's going to be showcased a lot more. And I think that the crowd's going to take to him as well. You know, he performed very well in OKC, and that crowd really adored him and took to him. I think I think Utah, you might see that same thing. Um, anybody else making some – well, I mean, the Lakers. You know, the Lakers are taking a shot at it. They got younger. Uh, they're making the moves that they need to make. Uh, and now D'Angelo Russell gets reunited, and then that's a pretty interesting move out of all of this. Yeah, it is. I, I think he really helps them. He's always been underrated, in my opinion. He he defends. He can shoot. He's an assist guy. He, he's got the skill set that is definitely going to mesh with LeBron and company. And then picking up for, you know, past his prime, Patrick Beverly, Mo Bamba, a nice springy, you know, energetic young big man that can block some shots and rebound and run the floor. Another guy with guys that are acumen of passing the ball like LeBron and Russell. He's going to fit in well with them. So I like what the Lakers have done. You know, I'm a Lakers hater being here in Houston, but I, you, you alluded to it again earlier. Who's going to take down the Suns? They, they need an injury at this point. Yeah, they're going to need an injury. Uh, they might need a second basketball. But Chris Paul, this is a dream for him because now he gets to distribute to two of the uh, what top at least 10, maybe five, you know, shooters from the outside uh, that you can just distribute, get the ball to them. You know, if you go to your right, you get um, Booker. If you go to your left, you get Kevin Durant. You're, you're not going to go wrong in that scenario. And you're going to go to a guy that can knock down some shots. Uh, what's their defense going to look like? come playoff time is there going to be a way that you can kind of beat this team up a little bit uh inside if you can get outside of eight and yes they've got some length but they've also got you know pretty much perimeter guys at that point yeah but when you can fill it up like they can potentially i think they're banking on it in a seven game set try to beat us four times with the offense that we have right i think that works in the modern nba now this is not the days of yesteryear where you're going to lock it down and slow it down yeah there's a little bit of that going on in the and maybe the fourth quarter, but if they're filling it up, how are you going to stop them? If they're on, it's impossible. They're going to win every time. Yeah, there's no question. And I think you're going to see some of these 125, 130, 140 type games uh, where you are going to see them fill it up. And it's going to, they're going to get along great right away. There's no question about it. I think it's going to work initially, uh, but this is not the same type of core group like Golden State. I mean, would you say that you've got the same type of leaders that were at Golden State uh, that are with Phoenix as well? Do you see them meshing as well as they did when, when he was at, at, with Golden State and on the uh, West Coast? You know, probably not, but... I mean, you're talking about Kevin Durant, 
he, I mean, he's a proven winner at the international level. He's a proven winner in the NBA. I, I think him and, and CP3 are going to have no problems getting on the same page. And Devin Booker, to me, just seems like he's pretty solid. I don't think he brings some super strong, you know, diva personality. I've never heard anything like that. He's definitely not like a Kyrie type where he's just going to go pop off and go mental one day. Yeah, he is going to be playing with a, a point guard that, that that seemingly, you know, seems to want to play and wants to play in all situations possible. And Chris Paul is hungry, too. You know, he wants that ring. There, there's guys that uh, are, are ready to win that NBA championship, and this is going to be his best shot. This is by far the best lineup and team he's probably going to be playing on. Um, so this is – does this become more about CP3 than anything and him getting that that NBA championship? Well, yes, this solidifies him as an all-time great if he gets the title. That's really the only thing that he's lacking on his resume. He's done everything else. He doesn't pull his hamstring in that game five in 2018 with the Rockets. He might have got one here last time that Houston was a, of any danger of, of taking anything to the, to the NBA Finals. So he's been close. He's sniffed it. He's gotten injured. There's not going to be as much on him, obviously, now. So he stays healthy. They keep that core together. I don't see any reason. We'll have to see how it meshes. Sometimes it's a little weird at the deadline, but overall they have to be the favorite in the West and the favorite to win it all. Some full tank mode is going to be happening. I would imagine here in the second half of the season as well, uh, because there's a really sought after projected first pick uh, in this upcoming draft. So is this going to be, I mean, to get in the lottery is one thing, but uh, how bad do you think a team is going to have to be? And we've seen a lot of these trades now just happen. Uh, how bad is one of these teams going to have to be in order for them to have a chance uh, to get uh, his, his last name's tough, Victor Webunaya? I believe so. I haven't gotten too deep in my draft stuff, but he is definitely the number one prospect. He's a generational big man. He has had great success playing overseas. The top two picks, I think, are really, really good. I, I think as long as you bottom out in the lottery and you get one of those two guys, you're you're in you're in good shape. This is a strong you think draft. So, so you do think it's that close with the top two? You don't think that that, that Victor Webnaya has has separated himself so much from the rest of the pack that um uh, because I think as far as a projected number one, I mean this is this is one of the more highly sought after. It's it's like getting Giannis before knowing, you know, how great the Greek freak was gonna become. Yeah, I mean you've heard the name <clears throat> Scoot Henderson. That's a guy that people really like in this draft. Um, but yeah, Victor Webanaya, probably need to go to pronunciation school on that name. He, he's yeah. definitely the go-to guy. He's been talked about for two years in this role. And, and it's the slam dunk, really, for whichever team. But but that's what I'm saying. Do you think you got to be in that 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 five, kind of the lower tier five teams? Uh, can you be one of the lower 10 teams and, and have a shot at the number one? Or do you think you got to be in that that bottom three, really? Uh, you got to be in that bottom three, because if you're in that bottom three, you've got two out of three chance of getting whether Manaya or Henderson. And that's the top two guys in this class. Do you need a point guard or do you need a big man? In that scenario, I go with the big man. Just there's less of them. But, I mean, Scoot is definitely a generational talent. You know, Kyrie Irving, Irving type. So, you never know. 
it's an exciting time in the NBA. We've seen a lot of action, a lot of trades, a lot of moving around. Uh, the gap is going to get significantly greater with the really good teams and the really bad teams. Uh, can the Lakers figure this out? That's the last thing I'm going to ask you here. Can the Lakers figure out this run at this point? I believe so. I mean, anytime you got a healthy LeBron, you're at a D'Angelo Russell, you have the, the supporting cast that has won a title in the last couple of years. Yes. Yes, they can. The playoffs, sometimes goofy things happen. And injuries can be that ultimate equalizer. We, we've seen it many times over the years. So I don't count them out whatsoever. All right, we're going to see what happens in the NBA. We're going to come back with one more segment, a quick segment. We're going to talk about a little EPL because I know our EPL fans out there have been missing it. Uh, and we got to make sure that this man can get over to uh, old guys uh, playing soccer uh, late at night. So uh, we'll come right back here with one more segment here on the Sports Cube. Back here with the third and final segment as we are on the Sports Cube. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe, follow us, check us out. Texas Mike CG joining you here one more time. Uh, Texas Mike, we got a lot of soccer fans out there. You're going to probably uh, see some of them when you go play the, the the old man soccer here in just a bit. And I want to let you get out of here so you can do that. You got to, I'm sure you got to stretch. How many stretches are involved? Is there like a team stretch or is it a stretch on your own kind of thing? Oh, no, nothing's that organized when you get to this level, like over 30. Um, you might warm up the keeper by taking some shots, but yeah, I just try to run around so I don't like blow up my hamstring in the first five minutes. Like I said, it's more for safety in my regard. That'd be fantastic. One guy is like the assigned like uh, stretch leader, and he gets up there. He's like, "All right, calisthenics, everyone. Let's uh, two toes together and then reach down as far as you can." <laughs> No, yeah, that's not for HFA over 30. I was going to say there might be some very organized warm-up activities in some of the young, younger leagues that have fresher legs. But on the cusp of 44, I'm in my last days of playing, my friend. Stretch on your own. I like it. Uh, speaking of soccer and not, and not talking about old guys, I guess kind of talking about old guys, but uh, the EPL and, and getting involved there and seeing what's happening. And and how has, uh, is it Al Nasser? Is, is that uh, where, where Cristiano Ronaldo is? Al, it's, you know that squad better name better than I do. We're, we're having tough, a tough time with the names tonight, but um, how's that working out? Uh, you know, is that going to work? I mean, I hope so. He's going to Saudi League. I mean, that, that's just riding off and taking a paycheck. I, I honestly say, like, yeah, I think Al Nasser has, like, the entire Saudi Arabian national team within their squad and Ronaldo. So they should be able to paste everybody. Um, but honestly, I haven't really seen an update how he's doing out there. That, that's kind of what happens. If you're not in one of the big leagues, big five over in Europe, or you're not – destroying in the MLS when that gets going, I kind of lose track of you. Yeah, it's wild. It's, it's wild to see how that's played out. Uh, yeah, okay. So talking about EPL and catch us up a little bit and, and following the table and, and seeing what we've got as we've come back into the season and and now World Cup has passed and, and we get back into really the swing of things here for, for the uh, English Premier League. Yeah, I mean, you alluded to some of the, the transfer deadline stuff. We, we, we've moved about 10 days past that. You know, Arsenal's still sitting at the top of the table with a game in hand by five points over Man City. Their form has slipped a little bit. They lost their second game since September, since last time we, we did an EPL update. You know, they, they, they had a draw where they're very unimpressive, but there's an opportunity against an upstart Brentford squad that has been really solid. We've talked about them here before. The analytics darlings, the Danish 
Danish contingent uh, is looking very strong. They, they play in Central Time, 9 o'clock on Saturday morning. So I'll be looking forward to, to catching some of that action for sure. Um, you know, other games this weekend, just to highlight some of the movement, early on the season we were lambasting Nottingham Forest. And I, and I said in our preview of the season that if everything went right, they might get close to the top of the table I did not think that they would be sitting five points behind Liverpool, who I predicted wow. to be in second, and are now in the middle of the table. But give Nottingham Forest credit. like They made some moves, and they started to win some games and stopped being a sieve for goals. Their, their goal differential is really bad for a team in 13th, but they've righted the ship, and they're, they're clearly outside of the relegation zone, that's for sure. And that's where they were trending before. So I want to give them a little shout-out. And, you know, looking at it again also – Newcastle United, their defense continues to be crazy. Only 12 goals allowed in 21 games. Holding in that fourth champion league spot by just continuing to draw everybody, it seems like. You know, they're they're the tough nut to crack. 10 wins, 10 draws, one loss. Such an odd stat line, but I've enjoyed it. I mean, have you been able to catch any matches? I haven't, you know, I've been so busy and, you know, mornings are rough here, especially when you're, you're doing that big city living and, and trying to adjust to that. But, uh, you know, jumping on that train, jumping on that A train comes really fast sometimes in the morning. But uh, when you take a look at a team like Newcastle United, w- when you can play defense like that, would it just take that one really special player on the offensive side to really turn them into a, a real top contender? Uh, it's hard to tell because you know, defense is team-oriented. Um, you know, Callum Wilson, I think, is a very solid number nine. They've gotten Allian St. Maximum back from injury. He's basically been out since August. He's an explosive French player. He brings a different dynamic, good crosser, good finisher. So they're probably banking that Miguel Almiron has also been a stud former MLS player for Atlanta United. They're banking, I think, that getting him back into the mix – We'll give them that push. And I mean, for them to take a Champions League spot, that would be a sensational season. You know, what's been a little more surprising is the poor form of Man City, the juggernaut, or who we pick every single year to win it. But now you have this FIFA investigation. I mean, the EPL investigation going on about all their books and some other payment methods. And, you know, we talked about this in the World Cup episode. They are owned by the Qatari contingent. So, We'll see how that all shakes down if some of these titles are stripped, if they lose points. So they're not looking very good. Your team, Man United, continues to hold serve. Yeah, I mean, which is at this point, I guess you would take that as a victory. Uh, cream rises to the top. You're going to see the cream kind of rise to the top as we get towards the tail end um, of the season. And you're talking about the Champions League and whatnot. Uh, you know, it's it's fun to watch when you can catch a game and catch a match um, to see world-class players like this. When do you think we're really going to get into the heat of those people that don't watch a ton of soccer or EPL? When do we really start getting into the the not like the real heated part uh, of the season where, where things just go crazy. And those are can't miss times in the EPL. Well, we're kind of to take a baseball cross sport analogy. We're like in the dog days of winter. Right. Right. I guess for, for the English fans over there, it's a nasty time of year. Weather wise, there's a lot of tough matches, you know, your post trade deadline, this is where if you're a struggling squad like Liverpool, you got to start bouncing back and getting some points if you want to have any point at the top four. 
you know, you're Arsenal, Man City, you're battling for the top. Same thing with, with Man United. I, I think that's a three-horse race, and that's the only three horses that are in it. Um, I think the intensity turns up a little bit in probably about a month or so. You get middle of March, post-spring break, weather starts to get a little better. You can't really slip up points. Like, you, you will see some teams do sometimes during this interim period. So, it's going to be a fascinating finish. You know, Brighton has fallen back a little bit. We predicted that on this show. We said, hey, you know, they're not as strong from an analytics perspective, a goal differentials perspective, and, and they struggle to get goals at times. They've slid back to six. Tottenham, you know, Holden serve, Harry Kane and company, men, always solid. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. Fulham has come back to earth a little bit, and, you know, Chelsea is a team in flux. So, I'm really interested to see how it's going to work out. Obviously, as an Arsenal fan, I've talked the most about them. I'm really excited where they're at, what kind of squad they put together. I think they hold on. You know, if you want to get my early prediction now, um, I, I'm going to predict them to win the title. And in preseason, I said number three. So that would be great for an Arsenal fan such as myself. The man knows his stuff, Texas Mike. He knows the EPL back and forth. Uh, he knows what's happening on the pitch. He knows how to uh, basically give out this insight and give out this advice. When you do listen to him, make sure you guys are taking notes because uh, his knowledge is extensive, especially if you haven't watched any matches or watched some soccer. Uh, dog days of winter, but it, it better not be uh, just uh, – it better be heating up on the pitch tonight. Uh, with old guys soccer are, are, are you a goal scorer or, or an assist guy i mean are we going to see some in the back of the net we might we might have to get an update uh on your stats and your stat line and, and what your 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 contribution was was to the match i mean capabilities are limited this season i've probably done my best work as an emergency fill-in number two or three goalie but i either will play the defensive mid and try to stop the ball from coming in or or, or defend as a, a right or left back but yeah, I haven't scored a goal in this league, I think, in seven years. It's are there refs? Fun. Are there refs, or do you make, you oh, make yeah. your own? Yeah, it's, 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 it's all real rules. The substitution rules are the only thing that's different in this league, and then they knock the game down from 90 minutes to 80 because it's a bunch of old guys, and they don't want people to die of <laughs> heart attack. How quick is halftime? Is it quick? Is it a quick halftime? normal halftime normal oh you get a normal halftime okay so you do get a little bit of relief (laughs) love it love to hear about it hopefully he puts one in the back of the net uh at his matchup tonight so i'm gonna let texas mike get out of here cg i'm gonna get out of here enjoy the super bowl go chiefs texas mike Eh, kind of a go eagles Uh, it was kind of a half-hearted go eagles but that's okay we got to be on opposite sides of it and that way at least one of us is a winner because there's two of us here but we will catch you guys next time here on the sports queue i'm mobile so appreciate you guys listening and 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 taking in the action but uh make sure you take the listen tell your friends hit that subscribe we'll see you guys next time on the sports queue